Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. You know, even though Halloween is over, um, still, many of the interviews that I've been doing over the past uh, four to six weeks and whatnot, have uh, they're still trickling out. Um, and that's pretty cool to know that it's not like Halloween comes around and boom, that's the end of everything. As a matter of fact, it, it really sort of inspires uh, a lot of interest the rest of the year in the paranormal. Uh, for example, our Haunted Asheville tours do great in November and December. Um, but anyway, uh, you know already, I presume, that, uh, of course, we had a, a really great uh, TV segment uh, done by ABC 13 about our investigation of possible haunted tunnels connected to the Asheville Masonic Temple. And there is a, a new article out by uh, Max Hunt of the Mountain Express that is just a fantastic article about our investigation. Max Hunt is a very uh, intelligent, talented writer, and uh, everybody really is enjoying this article. So it's freely available on the Internet. If you just go to my, uh, my Twitter feed or Facebook page, you'll find links to that. And, of course, we're still kind of waiting to see how the board at the Asheville Masonic Temple wants to handle things uh, in terms of allowing us to probe a little further and see if there really may be um, some type of hidden tunnel sealed away that is ready to be unsealed. So I will keep you updated on that. Um, there is a, a great article in the Blue Banner which is the newspaper for UNCA, the University of North Carolina at Asheville, which was my college. And so that's really an honor to uh, all these years later still be included in a newspaper article, uh, a great piece by a lady named Amber Moser. And uh, she is a very enthusiastic uh, paranormal fan. And uh, one of the cool things about our discussion is we really got into – an exploration of how that ghost stories are formed and how that um, sometimes elements of different stories kind of get mixed up or rearranged in some fashion so that um, they, they get cobbled together into what really becomes an interesting version of an urban myth or an urban legend. And I think one of the best examples of that is Helen's Bridge, which is one of the most famous spots for ghostly activity in all of Asheville, maybe even North Carolina. It's a very well-known place. And so uh, just in a nutshell, the, the ghost story, the, like the story you'll hear around the campfire that's been passed down, is that, uh, well, for one thing, there is a big castle right near this old bridge. And this bridge is, is a stone arch bridge that's over top of a narrow ravine. And the bridge was once used to take cattle back and forth between stables by this castle called Zealandia and uh, some other spots in the area. And so uh, the story was that the, this rich guy owned the castle. He would throw lavish parties. And there was a, uh, a young lady maybe even in her late teens, who attended one of his parties, something went wrong, uh, a fire was started, the young lady burned to death, and her mother, Helen, was so distraught that she went out and hanged herself from the bridge. 
And, of course, the townspeople came out the next day and saw this terrible sight. And so now people stop under the bridge and they say, Helen, come forth three times. And sometimes spooky things will happen. Sometimes Helen will actually appear and, uh, and say, have you seen my daughter? So that's the gist of the ghost story. And I wrote about this in my book, Haunted Asheville, and I could go on and on and on telling you Helen's Bridge stories. Now, the funny thing is when you go back and you look for records of that incident, the way I've just described it, uh, you don't really find anything. But when I was doing my research for Haunted Asheville, and then later uh, teamed up with historian Vance Pollock, who now hosts Joshua P. Warren's Speaking of Strange, um, we realized that it seems like that story may be the product of a lot of other things that really did happen being sort of uh, retold based on memory uh, and for dramatic effect. I mean, because now, you know, we have the Internet. You, you tell somebody a fact or what you think is a fact, and if they have a problem with it, they're like, hold up, let me get my phone out. You know, and suddenly they become the Wizard of Oz, and they can go on there and get get the, the, the data. Well, that's a, a pretty recent development in human history. In, in the past, uh, you didn't have that kind of wisdom or knowledge or whatever you want to call it at your fingertips, and so it was kind of hard to fact-check things. And human memory gets flawed, especially over time. So that said, what what we can uh, show as, as fact, based upon newspaper articles and uh, other historical documents, is that, yes, there is a castle there. It's called Zelandia. And at one point, that castle was owned by a very wealthy man named Sir Philip S. Henry, who, yes, indeed, did like to throw big, lavish parties. He was an art collector, and he liked to show off his collection. Now, what's funny is that he had a wife who died in a fire, but the fire didn't happen at the castle. It happened in New York. Uh, he and his wife were staying at a fancy hotel, and it caught on fire in the middle of the night, and they were fortunate enough to make it out of the hotel, and then supposedly she exclaimed, Oh, my pearls! She forgot her pearls, and so she raced back into the building to save her pearls and uh, died. Now that is the kind of story that people are going to tell over and over and over again because it's kind of a nice morality tale. So we know he did have a wife who died in a fire. Also, we know that he had a uh, oh, uh, well, he had a servant, um, uh, a manservant who he brought over from England, who committed suicide near the bridge in, I believe, the 1920s by shooting himself. Um, and furthermore, the most famous murder in Asheville's history happened in 1936. It was the murder of a 19-year-old woman named Helen Clevenger. She was beaten, stabbed, and shot to death in the Battery Park Hotel. Uh, that made national news at the time. And uh, so I think you can see how maybe if, you know, you, you realize, okay, well, the name Helen is the name associated with a very famous victim in our area. You take Helen... You take the, the idea of the, the, the suicide at the bridge, 
You take the, the wife burning to death in the fire, uh, which is also compounded by the fact that there was another fire on the property in the 1980s. All that, it, it gets sort of jumbled together around a campfire, and it becomes, uh, with, with uh, the talent of a good storyteller over the generations, the, the version of the story that I gave you, that's most likely the, the scenario. Now, of course, it's possible at any day, any moment, somebody will, will pull out some old cardboard box with a bunch of files and folders, and they'll open it up, and lo and behold, here is an exact detailed account of the, the story that we've heard. That would be quite shocking. But, but short of that, um, this is a good uh, opportunity for us to sort of see how that some of these ghost stories uh, probably morph into uh, what we are now talking about versus what happened historically. So anyway, um, that's what her article is about in the Blue Banner at the UNCA. And then uh, also, I you know I was in Cal- I was in uh, Colorado uh, recently. You probably know that. And the reason I went there was to appear on George Norrie's uh, streaming TV program called Beyond Belief on Gaia TV. It used to be Gaia, uh, but now it's Gaia. And I guess George has been doing this show for five to six years at this point because I was on with him once before, right around the time he started doing this. They filmed these in Boulder, Colorado. So George flies from uh, usually his place in L.A. to uh, Boulder at least once a month, I guess, and and knocks out uh, quite a few of these these episodes. So anyway... um, it's great that the piece, uh, you know, well, you, you have to subscribe to Gaia to watch it. You can get a free trial subscription. It's well worth it. I've been a subscriber to Gaia TV for years. I think it's only like less than 10 bucks a month. And they just have tons and tons of great content. So uh, good stuff you won't necessarily find anywhere else. So uh, in th- this interview that George did with me, which I guess is probably around 45 minutes, we're sitting there on camera uh, talking to each other with the occasional video clips and, and visuals. And it's called uh, something like A Phantasmagoria of the Paranormal with Joshua P. Warren. And, you know, that was just posted on Gaia November the 1st. And I have been amazed by how many wonderful emails I have received from people all over the world who are watching this and loving it. Um, I mean, they have obviously a big viewership there. Uh, and I've gotten all kinds of just you know great questions and, and wonderful compliments. And in this interview, because you know it is a phantasmagoria of the paranormal, which is that's my favorite word, by the way. Um, we talked about OUFOs. We talked about spooky things. We got into sigils and magic, and we talked about wishing machines. And so many people have bought wishing machines over the past couple of days that it's it's really exciting because I know when that happens, I'm going to receive all kinds of great feedback from people who are having amazing experiences with these machines. And so I figured uh, it reminded me I wanted to read you some emails that I've gotten recently. This first one I thought was was pretty funny. Um, 
This is from uh, a, a guy who he's just a great guy. I've never met him in person. His name is Jim Kalana, and he's he's a composer. He's a bona fide composer. How often do you meet somebody who's a real composer in your life? And um, he has, he's a big fan of Use the Force, my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction. And he's always keeping me updated on stuff he's been doing with his wishing machines. And he sent me this email, and he gave me permission to read this to you. He says, add to my success, I had stopped using the wishing machine, but Friday I placed a new financial wish. I did my morning meditation and then went to the machine. That afternoon, I received $11.57 in a class action I did not know I was part of. I had an early dinner with a composer I am premiering. My portion of the bill? You guessed it, $11.57. <laughs> he says, thought you'd like that story. That's pretty, I mean, like, that is pretty wild, don't you think? Even though, yes, you might think, okay, well, what's the big deal with $11.57? That's not going to be like a jackpot for anybody, but... This is how it works. This is how the process of tapping into synchronicity works when you start dealing with this stuff. Here's another email I got from uh, Joe in Florida. This guy, uh, he lives right there in an area around, it's called Port Charlotte, Florida, near Sarasota, right where Hurricane Irma was coming in to raise havoc. And so he took out his wishing machine. And he started working on this quickly. And here's what he wrote me. He said, the box averted Irma, and it dropped from a Cat 5 to a Cat 2. It never flooded here. Doors never came off. Windows never came in on us. There was only one tree damaged in all of Port Charlotte, Florida. It saved my butt. And then he also said, I was worried about... Uh, a cousin in Sarasota, so I called to ask if everything was all right, and they said everything was fine, only an oak tree came out, so all is good in Port Charlotte and Sarasota, Florida. And I said, you know what? Dr. Mulder and I have done experiments trying to manipulate weather the same exact way. So that also is pretty amazing when you when you get stuff like that. And, and as you know, I, you know, I understand the wishing machine, it's, it's controversial. To a lot of people, it just sounds like a scam. But I have used it every day for probably 17 years, now 15 to 20 years, somewhere in that, that period. And I'll give you an example. Okay, I was talking to Lauren the other day, and she was saying how much she would like to go back to Europe again because we haven't been to Europe in about five or six years, and she really likes the European experience. And I said, well, okay, uh, we'll go back. Uh, let me let me get the wishing machine and let's set it to manifest something really cool and fun for me to do in Europe. And so I set the wishing machine. Within 24 hours, I received an email out of the blue from an organization offering me a really fun-sounding event to be a part of in Europe. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm still going to get more details on it and figure out more about, you know, what, what exactly what kind of arrangement they have in mind. But I was like, what are the chances of that? Then within 24 hours, I would get 
a message like that after I set it on the machine. And, and you know, if you're one of these people who says, like, man, I would love to experiment with a wishing machine, but I don't even have the money uh, to buy a wishing machine. That's totally fine. I understand it. You don't need money to get started. What you do is go to joshuapwarren.com, sign up for my free e-newsletter. It doesn't cost you a penny, and you're not going to get spammed or anything like that. As soon as you do that, you're going to instantly get an email that comes to you automated that has what I call a free good luck charm, and that will get you started on your journey for free. I'm telling you, it works. So you'll see the little area where you can sign up for the free e-newsletter right there near the top of the homepage of joshuapwarren.com. And keep in mind, you can unsubscribe to my e-newsletter anytime you want, but whenever you get these, and you only get maybe two or three of them per month, these are things I sit down with my own hands, and I type these things on my laptop, and hit the send button, and it goes out to thousands of people. It's not some situation where I'm trying to sell you something on behalf of somebody else or whatever. No, these are these are messages that are coming directly from me. So I hope that you'll do that and take advantage of it. So anyway, uh, more stuff will be coming out in the upcoming days. I think tonight I'm going to find out more about what we're going to be able to do in the Masonic Temple. And uh, like I say, you know, because you listen to these podcasts, uh, you stay updated on things first. So at joshuapwarren.com, there is a link at the top to these podcasts. You can subscribe there to listen, and uh, or you can you know follow me on Twitter, and I'll post it when uh, I'll tweet it when a new one is posted, etc. One way or another. Uh, I hope that you stay with me here because I, you know, I call it Joshua P. Warren Daily because I give you one of these at least once a day. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.